Welcome. You're listening to audio from Haddington Elam Church. We hope that you're encouraged and challenged by this week's message. So many times in life, we want the mountaintop experiences with God. And that's a good thing, to want the mountaintop experiences. We can have this idea that as we grow and mature in Him, that it's like a continual ascent into glory. And we should be growing and maturing. We should have markers that were not the same like we used to be. We should have things that show that we're pressing onward, that we're maturing in Him. But the truth is that for every mile that we climb, we slip and slide along the way. Those of you that walked with Christ for a while know that we get detoured. The road or path is washed away and the, word, the way forward is not clear. There's things that just would happen, things that would cloud the direction that we need to go. Sometimes the fog and mist comes in. Of course, we've had it recently, especially if you get up early in the morning, sometimes the fog and the mist, you can't even see uh, barely a foot in front of you, let alone miles. Sometimes visibility becomes impossible. And I know that they said a fog that it's like a tablespoon of water is, could, could block a city block. With, with fog, it's just that's all the moisture that's in it, but it makes visibility really hard. So I know you may not know it by looking at me, but Sherry and I climbed Ben Nevis a few years ago. It was something that we wanted to do. It was, if you're going to do it, do the big one. Do the one that's the highest one within the UK. So we did it. But here's something. I want to share with you some of this journey that we had. Those of you maybe who have a desire to do that uh, one day. But these are some of the things that I learned as we went. There are varying weather patterns from the bottom to the top. They have their own weather at the top. In fact, if you're checking weather for Ben Nevis, they give you the, the weather at the top. The weather constantly changes and conditions change rapidly. There's a real danger to undertaking such an adventure. Sherry and I took precautions. We didn't just go for it. We bought the topographical map. And we bought a compass. And we bought things because when we read about climbing Ben Nevis, people lose their way. The fog can come in. People can take a wrong turn. In fact, I saw an image one time of a man, and it was from far away. He thought he's on solid ground, and he's on this ice with nothing beneath him. He would have a 100-foot drop. He had taken a wrong turn. It can be dangerous. It can change quickly. I knew that at some point we might have to navigate back to our car. And we needed to take those precautions. When we set out, the day was sunny. We had been watching and waiting for the weather to, to, to come to, the, to where it was clear conditions. But as we continued to climb, everything changed. We get out of the car park. We're looking up. Bright, sunny sky. This is great. And as we climbed came into the fog and to the mist and the weather was changing rapidly. As we climbed, the air got thinner. The path was steep and rocky. It wasn't like with landing strips like at an airport with lights, just go this way. It got rocky and it was hard sometimes to determine where the actual path was. Many times the thought of giving up entered my mind. In fact, when we did uh, Scoffell Pike, Sherry pressed us on. I was like, I've had enough of this. I'm going back, and Sherry's like, we're doing this. We came all the way here, we're doing this. So she pressed us on. This idea of us climbing Nevis is probably more accurate of our walk of faith. 
We sometimes think that it's point A to point B, straight line with God. He's going to mark us every, every which way. But a lot of times it's difficult. A lot of times there's dangers around the bend that we can't anticipate. We also have a real enemy who uses every opportunity to discourage us and fight against us every step of the way. So it would have been enough for us to just climb it. But imagine if we had people along the way purposely trying to have us go on the wrong path, purposely discouraging us, purposely attacking us, especially when we weren't expecting it. There was such excitement and hope when we set out the same in our walk with Christ. We can have such excitement. People come to faith in their initial testimony. There's so much excitement. But if you see them after a year or two, they've got some bumps and scars and bruises along the way. I remember as we drove up to Nevis, we had waited and watched for the right conditions. This was the day. We packed all our gear, and we even trained on the local hills to prepare for the task. We did a, a bunch of hill walks leading up to that. We knew to take the tourist path. We weren't about to get some hiking and climbing gear and try to scale this face of this. We knew to take the tourist path. There were particular milestones along that would let you know where you were at any given time. We watched YouTube videos. There's people that document the progress. So they would say, if you're at this point, this is what to expect. If you're at this point, what to expect. There was a, a part of it that zigzagged back and forth. And I knew when we got to that point, and I can't remember what they called it. I called it the five finger death punch because it like went in five different zigzags. And I just was like, this thing is just going to punch you in the throat. It's not going to give you any chance uh, to, to change your mind. This was a formidable part that demanded action. And I remember years ago when we, I think it was around 2012, we took a bus trip that took you up to the highlands and then back uh, in the same day. And we went past Ben Nevis. And I remember so clear the driver said to us that he goes, uh, Ben Nevis, he pointed out, he goes, you know, four to five hours to climb depending on your ability. He goes, but if you take a wrong turn, it's like 20 seconds <laughs> straight, drop straight down. And I thought, well, four to five hours or 20 seconds, you know, I don't want to take the wrong turn. But again, this can sometimes be how our walk with God is. Sometimes we're making progress and we're sludging through and we're pressing on and we take a wrong turn and we slip. 20 seconds, we, sometimes we don't even know if we're saved anymore. We could be honest. Just like that we bought that map, he has given us the Bible to light our way. We didn't have a guide. We just went for it. We didn't have a guide. But he's given us a personal guide, the Holy Spirit that he says will lead us. In our walk, we don't want to take a wrong turn, and that requires us to stick closely to him. It would be no good to have a guide that's just miles ahead, already knows the terrain, and he's not helping you, but he helps us. So today, you may just be in the car park. That may be where you're at in your faith. You're just in the car park. You're getting ready to set out for this adventure. You may be at the mile three mark, getting a refreshing drink or a protein boost. You may look, be looking frantically at the map because nothing looks familiar. It's nothing that you were expecting. You may be on one side of the stream wondering where you can safely cross. Today, you might be moments from the summit or even at the mountaintop. Wherever or however today finds you, I want to encourage you with these words from Isaiah 46. It'll be on the screen. This is going to be the main verse for today. In verse 3, it says, Listen to me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel. 
you who have been born by me from birth and have been carried from the womb. That's what he says, friends. Even to your old age, I will be the same. And even to your graying years, I will bear you. I have done it and I will carry you. And I will bear you and I will deliver you. Even to your old age, I am he. To bear in this context is to carry or even drag along. Have you ever had something that was too heavy for you to carry? I remember that day as we set out having the backpack on and having enough gear. And it's like at that point where it's like, oh, if I don't have to take this. I remember going through it like, oh, if I don't need this, I'm going to leave it. This is where he bears us. He drags us if, if, if need be. Even when our step begins to slow as we get older, he will carry us and he will bring us home. The reference refers to a heavy burden that he assumes from us. When we don't, can't go on and our legs are trembling and we don't know if we can go one more step, he will carry us on. He will lift us up. We're a heavy burden at times maybe for him. Not in that sense, but we don't have the strength to go on. It means that he will sustain us to endure, meaning that even when we can't go on, he will carry us or he will sustain us when all our strength is gone. See, sometimes for God to move, we have to get to the end of ourselves. We just keep trying. We want to do it in our own strength. Sometimes it's when he will let us to just when our strength is gone and we can't go on and he will carry us and he will take us, it says, to, to bring us home to safety. It means to aid, to assist, and to take or take away and lift up. In his word, it says he's the lifter of my head. And he's saying, I am the same. I remain unchangeably with the same tenderness, the same affection, the same care as a father has for his children. See, I remember thinking, and maybe some of you have thought that, but I remember when our daughter turned 18, and she's an adult, and she's going to be getting married, and she's going to be moving out, and my responsibility's done. She don't need me anymore, and the truth is she needs me now as much as she ever did. I'll never stop being dad. I'll never stop being on the receiving end, hopefully, of that phone call, Dad, I need your help. God knows that even as we grow and mature, it's not like we have a less dependence on him. In fact, the wiser that we are and the older that we are, the more we need him. And we need him more each day. I found this in Albert Bar Barnes' commentary about this verse. It's on the screen. It might be a little hard to read, but he says, age does not make them less dependent and experience only teaches them more and more their need of his sustaining grace. The argument here is that he who had watched over the infancy of his people with so much solitude, and I'm going to pause in the beginning, when people just come to faith, they have this idea that God cares for them so tenderly. But as they walk, then they don't need him anymore. He says that at the infancy, they, uh, he cared for them with so much solicitude that it would not leave them to exposures, infirmities, and trials of the advanced years of their history. The doctrine is at first that his people always need his protection and care. And yes, we do. Secondly, that he will never leave nor forsake them. Thirdly, that he who is the God of infancy and childhood will be the God of age and that he will not leave or forsake his people who have been the objects of his care and affection in childhood and when they become old. See, sometimes we have this idea that God just wants us to do for ourselves. 
But I think that God today would say, for us to say to him, God, I need you. And I think he's just waiting for us to say that. He sustains us. And he had care for us, just like we cared for our children. Those of us with children, we cared for them when they were, when they were we. Will we stop caring for them when they grow? No, we will st still be there for them. David said this in Psalm 139, 13. For you did form my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. So if he took that gentle care to knit us together and to, to look at us, to know us, to, to, to do all this stuff, he says we're fearfully and wonderfully made, knitting us together in the womb. David said that God knows and remembers that we're made of dust. He remembers our origins. He knows everything about us and loves us dearly. And friends, I had this epiphany that the, uh, a few weeks ago that there's nothing that I can do. It's, it's if today, if I just stopped preaching and, and whatever, there's nothing that I can do to make him love me more. God loves me fully and completely as his own. There's, it's not a matter of what I do for him. It's not a matter of if, if I'm following and walking closely. He loves me completely and fully. The word in the Greek is agape. It's an unconditional love. There's no conditions, no strings attached. He loves us unconditionally. In Luke 2, 6 and 7, it says, Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered, except for Bob. Do not fear, you are more valuable than many sparrows. The very hairs of our head are numbered. I tell you what, I have taken comfort in that. Because it's like he knows us. He knows us and we're not forgotten. And sometimes we, the enemy tells us we're forgotten. God doesn't care for you. He's not going to see you through. When we understand that God made us and carefully, tenderly made us and we're valuable to him, we can trust him to carry us. This verse says if he's so concerned with sparrows that are just two cents, how much more so does he care for us? Jeremiah 1.5, many of you know this verse. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Friends, the same God who knit us together, who, who gave us giftings and talents, who gave us, it says, even good works to do before the foundation of the world, will this not same God sustain us now and in the future? He knows everything that we're facing today. And friends, today could be the hardest, most discouraging day in your life. Some of you, it could have been all you did to come today. And I get it, and I've been there. Sometimes it's all you could do. You sometimes even can make that decision, I just want to stay home. I want to just put my blankets back over my head. Today could be the day that you've reached the summit. Today could be the most glorious day. Something, maybe your prayer has been answered or something is just amazing going on in your life. You could be somewhere in between. As we climbed up Nevis, there were many different stages of ascent. And depending on how long you had been walking or how far you had climbed, uh, from our vantage point, sometimes we could see people in the car park and almost laughing at them like, you're just getting started. You don't even know what's before you. 
And then the same spot from the, you could see the car park, you could look up and you can't even see the top. It's the same with us in our walk. We're at different stages. We're at different vantage points. And we could see that people are just beginning their walk. Some are closer toward the summit. We knew what our feet and legs felt like. And we hoped that we could have the endurance to carry on. There were times that we would turn the corner thinking that we were close to finishing. We would see what we thought was the summit. And you turn the corner and there'd be Nope, the path went. It's another peak miles from where we thought that it was. You could see specks in the distance that were people much further away. Friends, many times it was disheartening. Again, when you're the one with your legs are feeling it, your back is feeling it, that's much different than what you would have thought in that car park starting out. Now granted, we could have quit at any time. We could have just said, you know what, this was fun. We enjoyed it, but we're going home. But no, we had the endurance. We wanted to press on. This was the goal that we were after. Friends, today I would tell you, wherever you are, don't quit. Keep going. Keep going. You could be millimeters from breakthrough. I know that sometimes we can throw in the towel and we're so close to the answer to that prayer, so close to that breakthrough. If we would just press on. For us, as we climbed, we had to take some breaks along the way. Maybe for you, sometimes it's taking a break. It's taking a rest. We brought the recommended supply of water. Some of you today just need a drink, just a drink from the Spirit of God. There was a guy that passed us as he was jogging up Ben Nevis. Of course, I wanted to throw something at him, but, <laughs> but he was jogging. In fact, he passed us he actually got to the top and passed us back on the way down before we ever even had got to the summit. And I know there's people that do the three peak challenges and that are in tip top shape. That was not us. That was not our goal to jog up Ben Nevis. There are some on our walk that are at a different pace than us. Some maybe have young, fresh legs and they're going at a jogger's pace and we could see them just excelling in God. But we can't be upset with them. We need to cheer them on. That guy was probably training for something. And I remember it was funny because as he was coming up, we were having conversations with people, which was, which was part of the fun. And some people were just doing it on a, on a dare. Um, but that guy in particular, it was funny because he was from Finland. And I think I asked him, is he finished? He's, and he said, I'm not finished yet. Like he didn't understand quite what I was saying, but it was really funny. I know that if I would have tried to keep up with that guy at his pace, I would have never even finished. So friends, sometimes someone may be at a different place or a different pace than you. Don't be disheartened by that. As we rounded the final corner, the summit finally came into view. Praise God, I remember how amazing that feeling was. We had people that had already reached the peak and were coming back down. And do you know what they were doing? They were saying to us, a little bit further, keep going, friend. You're almost there, don't give up. It's the view is glorious. Friends, we need to do that with others. Maybe we've been at a place of the mountaintop and maybe we're at the point of just ascending back down. Encourage other people on. Don't quit. You're close to, the, to finish and keep going. You're almost there. When we finally reached the summit and we went in early July, we were greeted by several feet of snow 
There was probably six to eight feet of snow at the top that we had no gear for. We had no idea that that snow was going to be up there. But we had our lunch and enjoyed the view. And it was amazing. They have that old observation tower that was up there. And the view for the miles and miles around was glorious. And it was a great feeling of accomplishment. Friends, we all want the mountaintop. But the truth is, once we reach it, we don't stay there. We had no plans. I brought no construction materials to build a house. We made it to the mountaintop and we ascended back down. We don't stay at the mountaintop. And sometimes, like, other than the view and other than being there for a moment, there's not much there. It was all rocky. There was no, nothing green, nothing growing. It was just rocks. The great fruitfulness comes from the valley. See, on the way up, there were streams and lush green places. There was rivers and lakes and everything was growing. There was trees and life. And the summit had no vegetation. In fact, it was kind of ugly at the top. It was just big rocks. In Psalm 84, 5 and 7, reading out of the Amplified, it says, Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart and highways are the highways to Zion, passing through the valley of weeping. See, friends, sometimes to get to that summit, we have to walk through the valley of weeping. They make it a place of springs. The early rain also fills the pools with blessings. They go from strength to strength, increasing in victorious power. Each of them appears before God in Zion. See, for us to get to the top, we have to go through the valley. And that's, again, the place we don't want to be. We want the mountaintop, but the, the blessing, the fruitfulness is in the valley. And it's all part of the journey. And it, the different scenery, it was nice because as we climbed, it was, you could see that it was so lush and green. And then you could see above the tree line where stuff stopped growing. And it was just such a nice contrast. God has created us and he upholds us by his mighty right hand. Today, whatever you're facing, just know he knows exactly what we're going through and upholds us. He sustains us through every day and every hour, in every season. He will keep us for all eternity. And many of us would believe that. He'll take care of me for all eternity. But in the here and now, that's where our doubts can come in. But he has our here and now. Our God holds us and sustains us. Isaiah 40, 41.13 says this, For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, Fear not, I will help you. And we sang that song earlier in Christ alone. And it says, From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. Jesus commands our destiny from the womb to the tomb. He knows our every breath. He knows our every step. And he sustains us in between. So it's not that he started out with us really well and might finish well. He keeps us in between. Our days are numbered before him. He knows each day. And I'll close with this verse. In Psalm 37, 25, it says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the uncompromisingly righteous forsaken and their seed begging bread. Seeing a whole span of life and seeing the faithfulness of God. Friends, what a great God that we serve. Let's pray. Oh, 
Father, we just thank you. Lord, I thank you that as David saw over his whole life, he had some hiccups and some scrapes and bruises in between. From being that shepherd boy tending sheep to ascending to the throne, appointed by you to be the king. He ran for his life. He hid in caves. He had spears thrown at him to kill him. And yet as an old man, he could say that I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Father, there's the sustaining in between that we need to rely upon you, the here and now. And Father, today we could be facing, like David, uh, fighting for our lives, God. Souls are in the balance. God, our, our family are off the rails and we need an intervention from God. God, we may have siblings, brothers and sisters. We may have uh, parents, Lord, that, that need a touch from you. Father, maybe some who have walked closely with you in the past and now they're not with you. They're not following after you and we're concerned for their salvation. We're concerned for their eternity. Father, I thank you that you're so good to us. That you're a merciful God. Lord, you get no desire out of the death of the wicked. But Father, you desire that all will come to repentance. And Father, for the people in this room today, we're all at different places, Lord. Some of us are, are fresh to this walk with you. Some of us have walked with you for years. But Lord, I thank you that you're with us Father, that you're the guide. You said that not only would the Holy Spirit be with us, but that he would be in us and that he would be our guide, that he would lead us into all truth. So, Father, I pray that even as we're facing things and we're facing difficult days, Lord, I believe that there could be some difficult days ahead for your church. May we have the Holy Spirit within us to not only give us truth, but to guide us. When we don't know which way to turn, and Father, today, if we're facing the darkest day, you are the light. I pray that you would light up our life, oh God. And Lord, as we pray, those that need a touch from you, Lord, I am praying and asking for a healing touch from you, oh God. Lord, for anyone that just feels just broken, Lord, that they have, have just feel useless in, in your service, Lord, I pray that they will have that healing on the inside and wholeness to, to envelop them. Thank you for listening. Please tune in next week for another inspirational message. If you're in the East Lothian area, visit us online at haddingtonelamchurch.com for information about how you can join us for our weekly Sunday services.